Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. Epcot is in a huge state of flux and construction, so we talk about whether it's worth visiting and what you need to know while you're visiting Epcot while all these changes are happening. We also talk about the new Epcot experience and the Epcot Forever fireworks. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDecipher at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Decipher. And if we've been helping you to plan your Disney vacations and you'd like to support the show or make a one-time donation, you can check us out at Patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher and also receive some bonus content. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, we want to talk about our favorite park, Epcot, which is in a huge state of flux. Like we talked about in episode 80 for our D23 news, um, there's a lot of construction going on at Epcot. And we've talked about it multiple times, but on our recent trip in October, our recent trips in October, you know, when we visited Epcot, it was just a huge mess. Um, you know, there's just scrims everywhere. There's construction everywhere. When you ride in on the monorail, you can really see just how much is being constructed around Spaceship Earth and how much has gone. Entrances have changed. So we want to talk about what it's like visiting Epcot when it's under like severe construction and also talk about some tips and tricks about, you know, kind of how to deal with that. Before we get started, a quick shout out to two of our newest patrons from the month of October, Jamie E and also Justin C. Thank you so much for your generous subscription. And thank you so much to all of our other patrons who have subscribed, supported the podcast. And as a small thank you for everyone who signs up to support us on Patreon, you know, we release bonus episodes, bonus content, trip reports. And also, you know, if you're not interested in supporting us through Patreon, which is a little bit more regular, you can always make a one-time donation by clicking the PayPal button at DisneyDeciphered.com. Also, we recently added a special Disney Deciphered supporters Facebook group for anyone who is or who has in the past supported us through Patreon or through that donation link. Thanks, everybody. We really do appreciate it. So let's start with just what the entrances are like right now, Leslie. Um, Let's start with the one that's pretty much untouched. There are some changes to the International Gateway entrance, which is over by France and England, but they're mostly positive. So what's different around the International Gateway? And well, I'm talking about the Skyliner. I know. The Skyliner's there. And it's running again. Of course, when Joe and I were there, that was the week it had its incident. And we did not get to ride on the Skyliner. But Six we did- days it was closed. Six days we were there. I know. I know. Just just terrible timing, Disney. But uh, glad it seems to be up and running and uh, operations seem to be improving and fully expect that to be even better as, as time goes on and they work out all the remaining kinks. But yeah, it's it's nice and clean and pretty and new over there on uh, the International Gateway and some great uh, shots. You really just walk right out of the the tap styles and the Skyliner is just right there on the right as you head towards you know Beach and Yacht Club. And uh, it's really quite exciting. So um, I'm a fan when, you know, of course, I'll be able to ride it. And I've been seeing that 
except for obviously at park closing, the lines have not been that bad. Uh, it looks like it's pretty relaxed. Obviously at park closing, there's like a huge crush of people there, probably akin to what the monorail is like in Magic Kingdom. But, you know, it hasn't been that bad. So it's a great kind of way to get to and from your resort, especially listener Michael T emailed in to let us know that it really feels like a game changer for a pop century and art of animation because um, I think he was staying there and he took it back. So, you know, it's great that the Skyliner is there and the International Gateway is a kind of great entrance to enter the park from. It always has been, um, but the Skyliner, actually, I'm maybe I should be worried that the Skyliner will make that entrance more crowded. But let's talk about the other entrance, the main entrance coming into Future World. I'd say there's kind of one positive change and the rest is mostly negative. So um, what's going on up front? Yeah, everything is getting <laughs> ripped down, torn apart. I mean, it it really looked uh, pretty ugly. And Disney is good about hiding construction. But when you and I were like riding over it on the monorail, we were like, wow, this is, uh, you know, even though I was half asleep at the time, still surviving, um, recovering from my red eye. But yeah, it looks pretty bad. But the good news is you're going to be able to avoid double security now with the new changes they're making. So tell us exactly logistically how that works, Joe. Yeah, so it used to be that if you got on the monorail at Epcot and then went to the Transportation and Ticket Center and then to the Magic Kingdom, you would not have to cross security through that whole exchange. But the reverse was not true. Now they've made it so I think it's like kind of like an awkward walk. However, when you get to Epcot from Transportation and Ticket Center or Magic Kingdom, which you would go through the Transportation, which you would go through the TGC to get to, um, they've now routed it so you don't have to go through security again, which is pretty great. I love not having to go through security, especially when I have my bag. That's a positive change that they've done. And I'm sure, you know, once, once it doesn't look like a complete construction zone in that front entrance, overall, it's going to be great to be going through there again. Yeah, absolutely. But even in the meantime, I'll take the substantive improvement, even if there's no stylistic improvement, because yeah, security can be a beast when crowds are, are long and being able to skip that is quite nice, especially for those of us with like kids and diaper bags and strollers and all that good stuff. Always. So let's uh, work our way through the park a little bit. Spaceship Earth, as of right now, is still open, but both Leslie and I think we may have ridden our last ride on Spaceship Earth as currently constituted. Uh, the rumors are that's going to close in early 2020 and be closed for like a significant amount of time because they're going to be a, doing a big refurb of that ride. So, you know, we just want to note that if you want to say goodbye to Spaceship Earth and Dame Judy Dench, now's the time to kind of do it if you have a trip coming up in the near future. Yes, most definitely. I've I've made my peace with that, uh, but hopefully the improvement will, or the refurbishment will be um, in keeping with the spirit of Space Birth. But yeah, again, and Disney sometimes will announce these like and only give you a few weeks to lead time. So um, I mean, it's fine for locals, but for anyone from coming out of town, you really aren't going to be able to to plan a last minute trip in time. Yeah, I mean they they closed Muppets uh, Great Moments in American History the week before we got there, and we did not have enough notice. Um, we found out about that show and missed that show all within the span of two months. Very sad. Very sad. There are also various other things closed right now. You can kind of just throw a dart at anything that you remember being in Future World, and it's either closed or majorly changed right now. When we were there, Mouse Gear was still open in its regular location, but that's moving to a temporary home this winter. The Oh, Canada show is closed. The electric umbrella is closed, even though I never ate there. Club Cool is closed. The Fountain of Nations is closed, which is a pretty big deal. You know, really, a lot of stuff is down right now in Future World, and it 
it is quite a mess because some of those pathways are like really narrow going through future world, especially on the left side, going towards uh, mission space and test track and stuff like that. So just be prepared for kind of a lot of closures. None of those are like huge game breaking things. Like I'm not losing too much sleep over any of them, but it's still kind of a thing. Yeah. And walks in Epcot are long enough. So when you like walk the wrong way and hit a wall, that's no fun. I mean, Epcot's so big to begin with. So yeah, you just really have to kind of take a look at the maps and the the closures. And so you're, so you're, cause these walls are going to move and they're going to change, I'm sure, as we go into 2020 and beyond. So a lot going on there. Yeah. I definitely had to walk in circles a couple of times and I was only like trying to walk like a hundred yards. But you know, it was a little bit confusing. Uh, one last big kind of closing or refer or refurbishment is test track is supposed to be down um, from mid January to like through February. So I think that's, it's not like a, as huge, but it's just something to bear in mind. Moving from refurbishments and things that are closed, let's talk about the things that are opening because even though Epcot is probably going to be in construction all the way through 2021, um, there's a lot of great things that are opening right now, even in January. So what do we got there, Leslie? Yeah, so the first thing that's probably going to open is Space 220, which is a restaurant that's over going to be going to be over by Mission Space. It looks like it could be an interesting dining venue. Disney has not given us an exact date. We don't know if it's going to be December or January, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Uh, I'm sure that date will be coming out pretty soon. So that could be a nice additional dining option in Epcot, especially if you're there during a non food and wine or flower and garden or festival of the arts festival time where there's so much food in Epcot. Yeah. Let's talk about that really quickly. So the, I guess conceit is that you are 220 miles above the earth and looking down. And so that you're like eating in a spaceship viewing earth. So it's going to be a lot of screens in there, no natural light. And apparently you're going to be taking some special elevator to uh, get all the way up there. So I think it could be pretty interesting in terms of theming. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I don't normally like uh, screen-based dining, even though I am staring at screens like 20 hours a day. But I think there's some real potential there. um, And so I'll be interested to see kind of how it turns out. Yeah, I'm really interested in it too. I I love all things science and outer space, of course, being the geek that I am. But yeah, it could be kind of like like sci-fi drive-in, like something like that, where the theming really is is more immersive. and, And I certainly don't mind the screen there. Good point. That's one of my favorite restaurants too. So yeah, moving on, there are some other small things opening. They're going to be introducing the new Canada show, Circle Vision show in January. Also, apparently the new Beauty and the Beast sing-along in France, which is going to share the theater with Impressions de France, going to start in January as well. So you've got some little things opening there. Any other things opening? So that kind of covers the things that are opening in the winter of 2020. What do we have coming in the summer of 2020? Again, back to France. Yes, everything's in France. So in summer, we've got two things coming. We've got uh, a new dining venue opening, La Creperie de Paris. I can't say it in French. I'm sorry, people. I'm really bad. <laughs> La Creperie de Paris. <laughs> I grew up in Alabama where we have a town called Lafayette. So it, like Alabama accents and French don't go together. Sorry, everyone. But Wait, that's yeah, the proper pronunciation? That is the proper pronunciation. So... You know, no comment. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we have a creperie in um, dining in France. And then we, of course, have the big attraction, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is in Disneyland Paris. And so that will be one of the bigger draws of 2020 and certainly to the France Pavilion. 
Yep. And then in 2021, that's when like the big things start opening, like the Journey of Water uh, Moana attraction is going to be opening and the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is going to open. But that's all the way in 2021. And like we said in the D23 episode, there are like so many things happening at Epcot. They're opening all these new pavilions in Future World and kind of changing the whole paradigm and theming of Future World. It's like so big that Disney decided that they needed to make a gigantic quote unquote attraction, which actually just serves as a huge advertisement for the upcoming Epcot. And that is called the Epcot Experience. And it's currently at the Odyssey, which is usually a rarely used kind of convention type place or conference type place. Leslie, you and I got the chance to check out the Epcot Experience together. And even though I tongue in cheek, I'm calling it advertisement. I absolutely love this attraction. What did you think about it? And can you describe what is the Epcot Experience? I'm not even tongue in cheek calling it advertisement. It was straight up propaganda, Joe. And I walked in a skeptic and came out a convert. I mean, that's really honestly the truth. The propaganda was well done. So, so is know- it really propaganda if they made us believers? You know, <laughs> then, it's, then it's not propaganda. You know, it's just the truth. I, I guess. I don't know. But yes, yeah, so the, this pavilion really just is made to get people hyped up about all the changes coming. And the highlight of it is a like circle vision room where they have um, kind of uh, I mean, they pro- are projecting onto the walls all of the new things that are coming. And there's a show and it really just gets you into it. And, you know, bright colors and music and, you know, all the feels um, watching that. And then they have a lot of very awkward photo pass experiences. <laughs> I'm very scared to like that one of the ones that I took is going to, you know, come out on our, on our website at some point when I'm not looking. So I know, I know you have access to it, Joe, but uh, yeah, no, the, the show itself though is, is definitely worth seeing. I don't think I got to see it entirely from beginning to end, like in one sitting, but it, it'll get you excited about what's coming in the vision of Epcot for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of taking the circle vision technology, but making it a little bit more interactive. Like there's a model, there's that model of Epcot in the middle. And like, as they highlight these new pavilions, these new things that are coming, different aspects of that model light up. I did sit there through the whole thing. And I was just kind of just standing there staring like a kid watching Saturday morning cartoons. I was just like, so into it and so excited. And then just walking around the attraction itself as well. Like they have these super cool retro posters that they could charge me $50 for. And I would buy without even thinking about it, probably more. Um, And so, you know, the whole thing is just really well done. If you're an Epcot geek, if you're an Epcot lover, like uh, Leslie and myself, you're going to say to yourself, okay, or this is how I walked out. I was saying, I'm kind of sad that the old Epcot is going away, but this new Epcot does feel like it's retaining some of that nerdy, sciencey charm but it is moving things into the future in a way that i think makes sense do i love that moana is going to be there and that they had to use a whole new world for the fireworks projection on the epcot experience no it's not the best thing but it's also not the worst thing so that's kind of how i walked out of there yeah totally agree and i should also add i didn't mention this yet there's a really big mural um that is concept art for what epcot's going to look like and i didn't have a great sense of from like what i heard out of d23 where everything was going to be located and and this mural is purposely a bit vague in that regard but like it did give me a better sense of the overall layout of epcot like just staring at the mural and they did have a cast member there who was pointing things out and answering questions for those of us who were geeky enough to stand there for 20 
20 minutes, like listening to the answers. So if you have, if you have a hard time sort of envisioning the new map of Epcot, that really did help. Great stuff. And so, you know, with the new coming in, Epcot is saying goodbye to the old and they are doing it in a interesting way via a new temporary, probably going to be a year fireworks spectacular called Epcot forever. And that's a good thing to end this episode with Epcot forever. The fireworks show really is pulling on those nostalgia strings um, for people who have visited Epcot since the nineties or even the eighties. So tell me a little bit about how the show was and what did you think about it? So I had kind of mixed feelings about the show overall. I mean, the show uses a lot of the old school music that you and I heard as kids. But I mean, I would say some of it was so obscure that like, I don't remember all of it from my childhood for sure. I mean, I there were hi- highlights that I was like, oh yeah, that one. But um, some of it was pretty obscure. But the show is mostly fireworks and then music. And uh, then there's these really cool light up kites that are being pulled by like jet skis or boats in the water that go all over. And unlike some shows, unlike illuminations, like I kind of felt like the viewing areas were all pretty decent. Like you didn't have to have like one focal area that was like the place that you had to stand. Cause I, I like very much walked up like two minutes before the show and at a random spot overlooking the water and, and saw just fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely meant to hit on the nostalgia but it's definitely it feels like like a stopgap measure before the real opening of Harmonious, the big new show coming is is happening. What was your take on it? Yeah, I felt the same. You know, I think it's really it really is kind of just like a microcosm of what's going on in Epcot. It paid homage, and I think it did a good job of paying homage to the old Epcot. But it really felt like it was like, but say goodbye to this stuff um, because the. Fireworks Spectacular ends with a Disney IP song, which kind of does not make that much sense thematically, but it's just, it just seemed like they want to be like, Hey, but guess what? They're going to be Disney IP characters here at Epcot now. And it's going to be cool. Um, which the Epcot experience made me feel like, Oh yeah, this is going to be really cool. Epcot forever. It didn't feel as good. It rang a little more hollow, which, you know, I think is kind of how I feel about it overall. I'm not like thrilled that. Disney IP is going to be all throughout Epcot, but I also get it. Um, people recognize Disney IP. That's what makes non-geeks like us go. Um, so I kind of get why they did that. In terms of getting to watch it, I actually fast pass refreshed at like 8.15 and got the Epcot forever, whatever, preferred seating thing. And so, you know, went in there at 8.50, no problem. And so I saw it right from the entrance of World Showcase if you're coming from Future World, which was a great view. But it did seem like, Wherever you are uh, on World Showcase, like you said, you'll probably have a pretty good view. Yeah, and I would I would add that I wouldn't go out of your way to try to see Epcot forever um, if you have limited time on a vacation and you know the rest of 2019 and, and 2020. I mean this this is not one of the showstopper shows at you know nighttime shows. There are things that you should prioritize over this, unless of course you like us are like a crazy Epcot geek and you just want to hear this nostalgic music and things like that. But but it's it's not like a one worth going out of your way to see. Is that fair? I think that's fair. If you remember what the Kitchen Cabaret was, you should probably go check it out. Yeah. If you have no idea what that is, it's probably not for you. The fireworks themselves, even if you don't kind of know what's going on, it's actually a pretty good set of fireworks. So if you just like seeing things blow up, you can go for that. But don't go to have any like kind of connection. It's not like Happily Ever After or the Star Wars fireworks at Hollywood Studios where you're really like making an emotional connection to what's going on, uh, unless 
you're like us and you have a previous emotional connection to Epcot. Very true. But even that said, I don't think I'm going to go back if I go back <laughs> in uh, before it closes. Uh, next time Leslie's at Epcot at 9 p.m., you'll see her at the front of the Frozen Ever After line. Always, always hacking Frozen Ever After. Yeah. All right. So let's close things out. Uh, have you checked out the Epcot experience? Have you checked out Epcot forever? We'd really love to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. So before we go, we always end with a Disney do or don't. Joe, do you have one of those for us? Yeah, so I'll have a Disney don't. Don't try to leave the park at park closing uh, through Future World, especially if you're coming from the Odyssey side, so the Mexico side of World Showcase. There's just like so much construction there right now, and some of the pathways are really narrow. It's just going to feel like way more crowded um, than you'd like it to be. The shops are usually open a little bit later. Just browse the shops a little bit or take a seat somewhere, chill out a little bit, 10, 15 minutes, let the crowd disperse a little bit. Um, it's just going to be a lot less stressful. Or better yet, uh, leave via the International Gateway if you can, if uh, that's the way that you can kind of get connected to wherever you're staying. Great tip, Joe. All right, so that does it for this episode. Hopefully, the next time we talk about Epcot, it will be in its future glorious state, uh, harmonious state, one might say. I am really looking forward to what Epcot's going to be. I'm sad that it's going to be different, but you know, this is uh, 2019. Things have to change, and I understand that. All right, so thanks so much for listening, everyone. We will talk to you all next week. And Leslie, I will see you at the Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Thanks, Joe. Bye.